This is episode 349 of The Real Man Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at a couple films from 2021 that he missed in No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's final performance as James Bond, and Del Toro's new film, Nightmare Alley. So what will he think about them? Are they going to be justified in the things that they were nominated for? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. Hey, what is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. Thank you for joining me on uh, this week's episode. Uh, I'm, I really hope you are enjoying your day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And speaking of you guys, if you could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. You guys' support throughout all these uh, years has just been really special to me, and I, I really hope that I continue to entertain you guys with movie reviews and just silly commentary. <laughs> Uh, leading up to those reviews and everything so uh yes uh, i really appreciate you guys support you guys are just amazing so this is episode 349 like i said up at the top i will be going over no time to die and nightmare alley so a couple films that i missed from last year you know it's kind of slow um with movies coming out and um yeah so that's why i decided to do these two so you're probably wondering hey you mentioned that you were going to do a episode on uncharted that is true. Um, just life got busy. I never got around to it. And so I told myself, well, I'm not going to just go a week without anything. So let me go ahead and review um, four films that I missed last year and just split them up into two episodes. And the episode I was going to do next week, which you guys are still going to get, is House of Gucci and King Richard. Um, I'm still going to do that episode. But for this episode, I was like, well, there's two other films that I need to catch up on because of like awards and everything and so that will be this week's episode so instead of uncharted you will be getting my review of no time to die and nightmare alley so sorry if, uh, for all the uncharted fans out there they were hoping to get a review on that but i'm not going to review it so sorry <laughs> um like i said life just got in the way i found an alternative and i hope you guys really enjoy it but um before we begin the episode i gotta ask because i always do how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, it is almost the end of February, my people. Um, ridiculous. Time is just flying by, and I don't even know what year it is anymore. Um, you know, we had an historic moment, uh, a historic day yesterday with the um, February 22nd, 2022, you know, with the two, 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 two. So, um, really cool uh, to see that. But uh, yeah, February is almost done. Next Tuesday will be March. And I was even looking at the movie schedule for March. There's really not that much. There's the Batman and like one other thing. So I don't know what I'm going to do for you guys. I'm definitely going to try to come up with a schedule in real time um, after I get done with this one. And maybe we can work out something. But yeah, March is also light. April is also light. May is even kind of light. So you guys might get episodes every two weeks. Um, it just that just might be what was happening so um yeah it was kind of shocking when i looked at uh march i was just like i was like man there's really not much going on the batman is going to be the biggest thing and it's going to be the biggest thing for a while so it's like once i do that episode for you guys there's really not um you know much so in the lost city comes out at the end of the month i probably will get to see that but between the Batman and that, there's two weeks where it's nothing. So, 
I'll figure out something. It'll probably just be a bunch of mini reviews, but for the most part, you might you guys might only, only get two episodes. So we'll see, but we'll discuss that towards the end. But yes, the main reviews of to- uh, conversation are uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond, um, No Time to Die, and Del Toro's newest film, Nightmare Alley. Super excited to talk about those with you guys. You know, uh, No Time to Die was nominated for effects and sound. Um, Nightmare Alley was production design, costume design, and picture, I believe. So all over the place. And uh, I really hope uh, you guys uh, enjoy those takes. Because um, uh, I'll just say this. I had a fun time watching both of them. So, um, yeah, so th- those will be the main reviews. But as far as, like, what I've been catching up on, uh, just TV-wise, I've been just been going over uh, Euphoria, Righteous Gemstones. Um, let's see. I started part four of Dis, uh, Disenchantment. Um, is that what it is? Guys, my brain's not working today. Anyways, the Netflix show, animated show created by the uh, guy who created The Simpsons and Futurama and stuff. So I started that. Um, let's see. Still watching This Is Us. Uh, we are still watching How Not Your Father, Pam and Tommy, The After Party. So we're just kind of like just still watching the same ones that I've brought up to you guys. And like, you know, maybe towards the end, maybe I'll have like full reviews of the episodes or the, the seasons. But yeah, um, I'm catching up on Boba Fett. I'm on my last episode. That series is boring as hell. I don't know how anyone sat through that and was like, wow, that was a good series. I just, I am bored out of my mind and I just, um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but like The Mandalorian has worked for me, but this is not because it doesn't feel like a Boba Fett show. It feels like Mandalorian 2.5, and that might be the reason why. But uh, yeah, it's not um, it's not really something I really want to rewatch. You know what I'm saying? So I think once I watch the finale, because I'm a completist, I'll just be done with it. Um, let's see, what else have we caught up on? What shows have we started? I started Mythic Quest. The uh, show that's actually created by two of the It's Always Sunny guys and even their collaborative partner, uh, Megan, who, you know, is a really great co-host on the podcast that they do. And she's been involved with that show for many, many seasons. Um, we watched the pilot. It was it was cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, and I've, I've started a, a pretty big show. So I want to watch the finale live with everyone else so i'm actually watching better call saul um i don't have have that much time because i think the finale comes out in april i believe or is it may i have no clue but i am like halfway through season one really great show i mean if you love breaking bad it's got the same uh style to it same type of writing same uh suspense um permeated throughout each episode like you're just like you feel like there's um a hook in you and like it just doesn't let go and you're like Okay, at some point it's going to lose steam, right? Nope, it just keeps getting better and better. And so uh, I'm really enjoying Better Call Saul. And I would love to watch the finale with everyone else across the world. And the cool thing is I've done this before. Uh, So when Breaking Bad was coming out in the final um, seven, eight episodes, when they were the final episodes were coming out, I was like, I want to be a part of the, the water cooler conversation. So I actually binge-watched Breaking Bad on Netflix, seasons one through five. Took me, I want to say like a month, maybe three weeks. But I would go to work, come home, and, and like watch like three or four episodes a night. I basically just did that for weeks on end. And I finished it in time. 
to watch the the final eight what a great experience because like every single week you go to work and you're like oh man what'd you guys think of this episode like you think of um walt's gonna make it out or jesse or hank like what's gonna happen and it was just so much fun so i'm doing the same thing with better call saul um excited to catch up with it and watch the rest um with everyone in real time that's always fun so yeah and i think that's about it um yeah, since it's, it's at the end of the the month, you know, I'm getting looking forward to Moon Knight um, on Disney Plus. You know, Marvel and stuff comes out at the end of March, so yeah, that's like the next like big one I'm looking forward to. But for the most part, we're just kind of watching the ones that we're watching now, and they'll eventually be done, and then we'll uh, move on to something else. But that is all I've really been catching up on. Um, I think movie wise, um, my my wife wants to see Cyrano, uh, the Peter Dinklage movie that feels like it's been out for two years at this point, but you know, it, it came out early last year, like in fall time. And it just kind of had, it's had a slow rollout. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, we are watching that, I think this weekend. So I might have a mini review on that for you guys. I don't, I don't know. I haven't thought about it yet, but, uh, yeah, that's about it people. But you know what? Let's, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about a couple other movies that came out last year. And uh, we'll, we'll just go from there. So, yes, when we come back from the break, uh, I will be going over uh, the first one, No Time to Die, uh, the final James Bond performance and movie of the Daniel Craig James Bond era. What will I think about it? We'll just have to tune in and find out. I'll see you guys after the break. And welcome back from the first break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about No Time to Die. Now, this is the final uh, one in the uh, Daniel Craig era of James Bond. And this one's being released by MGM. And it, you know, it's a movie that I missed last year in 2021. I am trying to catch up on a lot of 2021 movies. And this was one of my ones to talk about because it's being nominated for awards. It's Daniel Craig's last one. I like Casino Royale and Skyfall. Spectre was fine, uh, Quantum Souls was fine, whatever, and so I really wanted to see how this one would end, so I'm glad to uh, catch up on it. Uh, so what is No Time to Die about? So James Bond has left active service, that is the one thing I do remember from Spectre, don't remember much about that one, besides uh, Christoph Waltz, but um, yes, I do remember that he, he was done, he just walked away from it. His piece is short-lived when Felix, played by Jeffrey Wright, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond onto a trail of a mysterious villain, mysterious villain played by Rami Malek, armed with a dangerous, dangerous new technology. So uh, that is it going in. And I don't remember much about the marketing, except it was just pushed a million times because of COVID. But I really wanted to see it because I, I think Casino Royale is one of my favorite ones ever. And I really love Skyfall. Um, and Spectre was fine. Uh, I don't remember much about Quantum of Solace, so it's been kind of a roller coaster of emotions with the Daniel Craig era of James Bond. But I was excited to see the conclusion and how director Kerry Fukunaga could um, execute it because I think True Detective season one, which he is responsible for, is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. He's the man behind it. So, all that going in, I kind of wish I saw it in theaters. I kind of love it. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think it might be my second favorite uh, besides Casino Royale. Nothing could touch Casino Royale uh, in my eyes when it comes to all the other Daniel Craig, James Bond films. But this one's a close second. What an epic 
sweeping conclusion to Daniel Craig's James Bond. I felt like the entire story and all the scenes wrapped up in this two hour and 43 minute movie was was riveting, it was emotional, it was well paced, I was invested from start to finish. I feel like every single scene had um, purpose and it tied up loose ends from the previous films to really just make an impact to the final moments of uh, James Bond at the end of the film. I just thought the whole experience was really awesome. It was badass. It really was. And, um, you know, everything from uh, me caring about the romance and providing that emotional weight for the character, um, you know, the practical blended really well with CGI action sequences, they were outstanding. They were uh, engaging and they were riveting. I just, I really liked uh, watching these in particular. And just the story overall is just the espionage, the mystery. Um, you know, I just, everything about it, I just, I was, I, I thought, for, honestly, for a two hour and 43 movie, th three minute movie, I was going to be bored out of my mind and I was just going to tune out. That is not the case. I think even for this uh, length of a film, it is well paced and it is uh, one of the better edited films that I saw from last year. And that's, that's uh, the truth right there. But I thought director Kerry Fukunaga really just crafted the, it just a, a sweeping epic conclusion to the James Bond character of, uh, of Daniel Craig's uh, era. So really great job on that. Um, the performances are outstanding. I, I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. He's got like this, this cool suaveness to him, but he also, like if you cross any lines with him, he's gonna tear your face off. And so he's he's got that presence. He's slightly threatening. Um, and I like how he interacts with all the, the villains in the previous films and with uh, the ones here and he just, I don't know, he just has that presence where you're like, okay, there's a reason why he was cast as James Bond, but I think him going out with a bang on this one was really well done. Uh, Leah Sadu uh, from uh, Spectre, um, she was nice to see come back. I think her romance with uh, James Bond has always been the, the heart and soul of this franchise of, of uh, Daniel Craig. I thought she really delivered on that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I really liked uh, uh, not only, like I said, the romance, but the fact that James Bond has always just wanted a connection with someone because he's been so wrapped up in his work and he, he has this uh, dangerous job. And, like, you know, at the end of the day, he just really wants human connection. He just really never had that with anyone. And that, that wonderful, beautiful relationship that he has with um, uh, Madeline, uh, Leah's character, uh, was just really special. And I, I, really, I really liked it. And... Even uh, at one point during the film, I don't want to spoil anything, but it harkens back to a relationship he had in Casino Royale and how um, the people in his life that he really connects to, he really he doesn't forget them. Like he, he really has a special place in their heart, and that really makes James Bond human. It makes him um, just really uh, uh, you know dimensional and uh, three dimensional and complex to watch because uh, you know that yeah with that hard shell that he has around him. He's kind of a softy on the inside, so I really like that. Um, Ana de Armas, I don't, she was in this for like 10 minutes. I, I don't know why um, she's in a lot of the marketing. I don't know, that was weird. Uh, all, all the other characters kind of come back. Uh, Ray Fiennes uh, plays M, Ben Winshaw as Q, uh, Naomi Harris comes back. Uh, it was really great to see everyone in the, um, uh, the headquarters that James goes to. Um, I, I liked everyone's interaction there. 
Uh, Lashana Lynch plays uh, Nomi. She kind of plays the um, the new 007 uh, at the start of the film, uh, just because James Bond has been out of service for quite some time. She was she was awesome. Uh, she kicked a lot of butt. I really liked uh, just seeing her interact with James and her just taking charge in scenes and really um, being the, like the next 007 um, and taking taking charge of that. So yeah, I I, I really enjoyed her. And uh, who am I forgetting? And then, of course, Rami Malek as the villain. Yeah, I would say my only complaint about this movie is the fact that the villain was introduced too late. So, you know, throughout the movie, events are happening, and you know there's, like, a Wizard of Oz type of character that's, you know, operating stuff behind a curtain. But, um, you know, we really never got to see him. I never really got to, like, fully connect to his threat level and, like, you know, try to understand him. And so, you know, uh, Blofeld actually had more screen time at the beginning of the film than he did so i was like oh this is just going to be a specter kind of part two situation and so uh it was not and then once rami malik was introduced i uh i was like okay i'm liking what he's saying i'm liking you know his ideology and stuff like that makes a really cool uh villain character but i didn't really i didn't really connect with him in any way shape or form because he was introduced so late so I realize that it is that is a tactic um, in storytelling. You know, your your big bad is not going to be revealed until the very end. You know, because you're everything leading up to this point, he's controlling from you know behind the curtain. I get that, but I just for me personally, it just didn't work in terms of like when he was introduced. Then when <clears throat> spoiler when he that that was my motion for dying. Anyways, when he does that, because obviously I don't think they want to tie up any uh, or they want to they don't want to leave any loose ends. For any future James Bond franchise, they want to wrap up all the characters for Daniel Craig's. I was like, I mean, okay. So, yeah, that would be my only complaint. Um, I liked the way Rami Malek carried him. I liked the way he delivered his lines. Very slow, very uh, precise, and really just kind of unnerving. Gets under your skin. You're just like, man, there's something really off about this guy. But I want to like listen <laughs> to what he's saying because I want to. I want to see if he's making any sense or not. But um, yeah, I just thought the introduction of him was just way too late for me to even care. So, um, I did uh, touch upon the action sequences. Really mind-blowing stuff. There was a lot of um, sequences where I'm like, I don't know how they did that. Um, I really don't because I, I didn't know which parts were uh, practical and I didn't know which parts were plated over with CGI or what was composited. And I had no clue. And so that was that's what makes a great movie is that you don't know and it's just blended in so well that you feel like it's real and, and really makes the experience more um, immersed. And so it, it's, it's uh, I would say even up there with like Casino Royale and remembering some of their practical stunt work and stuff, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, but yes, uh, I think that's about it. I, I really, I honestly love it. it it's, it's a really great James Bond entry. I'm not even the biggest James Bond fan. I'm really not. I, I saw Casino Royale when I was working at the theater at the time, because I was working there in 2006, so I think, yeah, it was, came out in 2006, I was blown away, I was like, oh wow, is this what James Bond can be? Cool, I'm in it, I'll, let me just watch all of them, and so I've seen all of them, and uh, I would say this is my second favorite, it's a really great conclusion, and uh, thank you for your service, Daniel Craig, you have done a great job, sir, but I'm excited to see where the franchise goes next, and that will do it for my review of No Time to Die, please let me know down below what you thought of the movie, and uh, when we come back from the second break, I will be going over Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. It is a remake of a um, of a film 
also the same title back in the late 30s, early 40s. I don't know when, but um, I'm shocked that I'd never even heard of it. So shame on me. But uh, yes, when we come back, uh, I'll give you my thoughts on that. So I'll see you soon. And welcome back from the second break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Nightmare Alley. And that'll do it for my review of Nightmare Alley. Please let me know down below what you thought of the movie. And uh, that will do it for my review of No Time to Die and Nightmare Alley. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Real Man Cold Movie Podcast on episode 349. Next week, episode 350 will be over. A couple other films uh, that I missed from last year. House of Gucci and King Richard. So, uh, yeah, tune in for that because I'm sure it'll be a wild ride going from one movie to the other because they're going to be radically different uh, just from what I've heard from other people. So that will be next week's episode. And, of course, after that, yes, uh, will be the Batman episode. Um, I'm seeing it on March 6th. So you guys will get the episode probably on March 8th, um, that Wednesday. So look out for that. And as far as everything else goes beyond that, You'll get the Lost City at some point, and then I don't know how to fill up the time for March, so that's what we're looking at, but at least March 8th, um, well, March 2nd will be episode 350 with House of Gucci and King Richard, and then March 8th will be uh, 351 with The Batman. So those are the next two episodes to look forward to, but that will do it for this episode of the Real Men Cold Movie Podcast. I am uh, your host, Chase Lee. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful episode, and uh, hopefully you're having a good, good day, good night, whenever you're listening to this. And I will see you guys next week for another episode of this crazy podcast. So uh, you guys are awesome. I love you all. So I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. And welcome back from the second break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Nightmare Alley. Now, this one uh, comes from Searchlight Pictures, directed by uh, the Guillermo del Toro. And this is a remake of, I believe, 1947, 37. I forgot the exact date, but this is a remake of an older film. Um, and it is a, a, about an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words. Uh, hooks up with a, a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Um, so it kind of takes off into two parts. Uh, Bradley Cooper's character uh, ends up in a carny environment, and he um, be, he starts to work there. He starts to help uh, people out with their illusions and everything. And then he takes those skills and he does it. He does it on his own. And then he's a uh, kind of su super successful ad. And this is where he meets the psychiatrist. Um, so this is kind of a part of my little series of like catching up with like all the other films from 2021. And uh, I uh, was looking forward to this one quite a bit. Um, I just, I couldn't see it uh, when it came out. And so I'm, I'm really glad that I had the chance to see it, kind of catch up on it. And plus it's being nominated for a bunch of awards. So I definitely wanted to watch it to see where it kind of lands amongst all the other films I saw last year. But I was looking forward to it. Uh, I think I saw maybe a teaser trailer for it, but I didn't want to watch the full trailer. I wanted to just be surprised by it. I'm a huge fan of Del Toro and just what he brings to cinema. Really just capturing these worlds that feel grounded but have this fantastical element around it to really kind of put the movie magic on it um transport you throughout time and really at the soul of all of his movies and the, and the heart is just these characters great character studies that you know we see characters that are just kind of finding 
their way through life. They're, they're navigating through love, loss, friendship, um, their careers, uh, our own personal struggles. It's just, it's people that we follow to kind of see, um, you know, where they're going to end up. And, and I, I've always loved that, loved that about Del Toro, just really capturing the human spirit um, with these kind of fantastical settings. So how is Nightmare Alley? It's exactly what I just said. So it's um, it's a really well-realized world that's uh, in the late 30s, early 40s. Um, but the production design, the costume design, and just the, the set decorations of all these scenes just really, like I said, transport you through this, this fantasy kind of nightmarish dream kind of um, surreal environment. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel real, but you know that it is somewhat set in the, the real world. It's a bit grounded, but it has that kind of just elevated movie magic to it. Just really making you feel like you are in a, a special place that you have been transported throughout time. And uh, it's, it's just really well done in that regard. I think it's it's nominated for production design, really well-deserved. Uh, I don't know if it's nominated for costume. It might be also really well-deserved. But um, I really like the way this film looks. It's uh, really a great effort on a, the production crew's part to really make you feel like you were in the carnival that looks really run down and uh, has been worn and used for many years and then transporting us to a kind of higher end environment where Bradley Cooper's character is a bit more successful. And so we get to see this kind of rich, lavish lifestyle. Um, and then uh, there's even a couple of scenes where it feels like um, a, a nightmare that you just can't escape from. And you know, that that's kind of indicative to his character and how he's going down this dark path, but he can't help himself. Just everything about the way it looks and the way the story feels, it's very atmospheric. It's a slow burn that I think really kind of catches up um, uh, behind you and it just really just has like this wonderful climax at the end. So I think he did a really great job um, tackling the the overall look and atmosphere of the film. As far as the actual story goes and the characters go, like I said, I have not seen the original, but I love the way the story was told and I love the characters and I love how everyone just feels like a broken soul. They feel lost. They're just kind of wandering around trying to find purpose and connection. And it's really, it's sad, um, but also it's just it's just people just trying to, to just make it. And um, like I said, there there is a, a sadness to that, but also it, people are pitted against corners and they're just trying to scrap their way out of it. Um, so there are some people that you can kind of understand what they do because this deals with a lot of you know con artists and you know people that manipulate people. So you can understand some people why they do it, um, and then you definitely understand that there are some people with no morality whatsoever, and they are just in it to for the for the money only, and it just it's it's really um, frightening to see. But all the, all the people in this film. Like I said, just just people trying to find purpose, and they're they're just lost. You know, Bradley Cooper's character, we see him um, burning a house down, and he just ends up on a bus. He oversleeps, and he ends up at a carnival, and so he automatically just has like this this mystery behind him that we we know nothing about, and so that already makes a great character. He's laying the groundwork for us, and then as the movie kind of progresses, we see a little bit more about his personality and his character and his past, and it just kind of builds. Um, 
to the, the top of the building, which is the climax, uh, and especially the final scene on just the, the deep sadness that he still has. But such a great character. Um, you know, what's great about Bradley Cooper's performance is that he makes the character disgusting at times. He makes him reprehensible. But then there are some scenes where he can kind of balance that and show us that there's a little bit of empath in him. A little bit of um, friendliness. So you know that he's not all the way like far gone. He can be reeled back, but the temptation of, of money and, and, and power, that's what he wants because he's never really had that. Um, also, I forgot to mention this. The story deals a lot with the seven deadly sins. And just it, this whole movie is just an amalgamation of all seven of them presented in the worst ways possible. And just like, look at that. Look how evil we can become as people if we are pushed in the wrong direction, even if our character... Um, um, can be saved. It's just, they just, what they choose, they just go down that wrong path. But yeah, I thought Bradley Cooper's performance was really just this kind of like nuance, balance type of performance. And it's just, oh, it's just so good, so rich and so complex. And everyone else does a fantastic job. This is, this is one of the best like acted ensembles that I can recall from a film from last year. Uh, anyone from Willem Dafoe who plays this, I would say even more disgusting than Bradley Cooper, uh, con artist, um, that works at the carnival, like his thought process and his, um, um, I guess reasoning for the things that he does, which are so reprehensible. He tries to make sense out of him. And you're like, wow, this guy is like what Bradley Cooper can become if he keeps going down that path. Kate Blanchett is even more diabolical than Bradley Cooper. She plays the psychiatrist, and so she has a different form of manipulation. She's taking a good thing, which is people seeing a therapist, and she turns it and uh, she for her own gain. That, to me, is even worse, because what Bradley Cooper's doing is just a, it's a smoke show. He's a magician. What she's doing is just is taking real-life stuff and manipulating it. It's awful, but really just sly, devilish performance. Tony Collette was also really great. Um, she is at the very beginning uh, with like Willem Dafoe's character and stuff. Really kind of sets the stage for Bradley Cooper's path and teaches him about, you know, uh, when she does her tarot card readings, like how she does it and some of the tricks that she's learned. And she was really a great character for him. And then Rooney Mara is the love interest um, for Bradley Cooper's character. And she's also one of the um, the people that work at the, the, the carnival this is why I think Bradley Cooper's performance um, is really well done and his character is really well fleshed out is because of the scenes with him and Rooney Mara. There is something there where he finds connection with her. It is a romance. It, it is blossoming. It's it's beautiful. It's, it's something that we want to see them follow through with. And he's trying, but the darkness of wealth and power and just those seven deadly sins... He just, he can't help himself. And so when he's in desperation to keep her, after several failed attempts and like pushing her to the side, once again, it adds like this em empathy and this, this sadness that we feel as an audience, even though he's done terrible things. And it's all because of that performance and how, how he's written. So I thought her relationship with him 
was like this this wonderful yin and yang um and also she is a character that's also trying to find herself she is also lost once again the common theme of people finding purpose and wanting to be seen and heard and loved and just all that like that's what every single person in this movie faces um and as you're watching it you can you can uh grasp onto that fact because a lot of us have felt like that um and i think rooney mars character definitely shows that uh, Mary Steenburgen, Ron Perlman, Richard Jenkins, for crying out loud. He kind of just pops up. Uh, David uh, uh, Strayhorn. Strayhorn? I, sorry if I mispronounced that. Anyways, and then Holt uh, McCallney, uh, who was on uh, the great show Mindhunter, by the way. Check it out on Netflix. Every single person that pops in really just makes you feel like you are a part of this environment. Um, and so I, I really uh, enjoyed everyone's approach to their characters and then the very end the rise and fall of bradley cooper's character and the final lines that he has the final scene that he has it got me because i was like i was like i i thought this character would learn i thought he would learn but it's just it's so overwhelming that he just can't help himself and to see him be even more lost as a person then when he started, when there were moments of times, when there were moments in time where he was trying to get out of it, it just lands a punch. And the end of the film really just kind of leaves off on a note that makes you think about the movie and just, I don't know. I just, I've been thinking about it ever since I, I got done watching it. So I really love this movie. It's two and a half hours, super well paced. One of the better edited films I've, I've seen from last year. I was just entranced by this fantastical world that Del Toro created. The performances and the rich characters that were steeped within it. What an experience. And if I had to do a list from last year, because I never did a top 10, I think this would be on there. It's that good. So check it out. Nightmare Alley is on uh, HBO Max and Hulu currently. Um, I would implore you to watch it. It's it's wonderful. And that'll do it for my review of Nightmare Alley. Please let me know down below what you thought of the movie. And uh, that will do it for my review of No Time to Die and Nightmare Alley. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast on episode 349. Next week, episode 350 will be over. A couple other films uh, that I missed from last year. House of Gucci and King Richard. So, uh... Yeah, tune in for that because I'm sure it'll be a wild ride going from one movie to the other because they're going to be radically different uh, just from what I've heard from other people. So that will be next week's episode. And of course, after that, yes, uh, will be the Batman episode. Um, I'm seeing it on March 6th. So you guys will get the episode probably on March 8th, um, that Wednesday. So look out for that. And as far as everything else goes beyond that, you'll get the Lost City at some point. And then I don't know how to fill up the time for March, so that's what we're looking at. But at least March 8th, um, well, March 2nd will be episode 350 with House of Gucci and King Richard. And then March 8th will be uh, 351 with The Batman. So those are the next two episodes to look forward to. But that will do it for this episode of the Real Men Cold Movie Podcast. I am uh, your host, Chase Lee. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful episode, and uh, hopefully you're having a good, good day, good night, whenever you're listening to this. And I will see you guys next week for another episode of this crazy podcast. So uh, you guys are awesome. I love you all. So I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.